Welcome to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast, a relaxing and informative show where we explore anxiety, panic, and PTSD, sharing how you can overcome them for life. Aloha, welcome back to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast. I'm your host and coach, Gina Ryan, and I am so happy to be with you again today as together we can consider the many ways to bring your mind and body back to its natural peace and calm. All right, so here we are today, and we're going to be talking about common anxiety behaviors and how these can be looked at as signs or red flags that you are in your anxiety. Sometimes we're not uh, always feeling it, as a physical symptom in our body, but we might be able to notice it by our behaviors. So let's see what that might look like. First, I'm going to read them off, and then we'll talk about each one, one by one. Seeking reassurance is number one. Trying to stop your thoughts is number two. Collecting information is number three. Checking over and over is number four. Avoiding discomfort is number five. Number six is numbing yourself with alcohol, drugs, or food. Number seven, over-preparing. Number eight, using safety behaviors, such as superstitious behaviors. Number nine, always trying to make a good impression. Number 10, ruminating, chewing it over and over. Number 11, demanding certainty. And number 12, refusing to accept the fact that you have crazy thoughts. Well, how about that? These are definite red flags. And these hold true for a number of different types of struggles we might be having, such as having OCD or uh, compulsively acting out in certain ways, such as with alcohol or drugs. But these also, all 12 of these are definitely red flags that your anxiety behaviors are up. And that's a great time to become aware, be conscious, and to use our wise mind to be able to make different choices and different ways of being. So let's run through them just to bring up, perhaps these aren't, I think they're pretty clear, but we can bring give some examples and the like as we go through here. Seeking reassurance. Now that is number one. And let me first say that these, I found these on our Facebook group, someone posted these and there was no author that was this was attributed to. So I'm just saying that these are anonymous, but they certainly rang true for me. So I'm going to uh, just continue talking about them here. And if the author is listening, please know that we thank you deeply for listening. Uh, Laying out these 12 red flags, as I like to call them, or signs of your behaviors or that you're in your behaviors. Number one, seeking reassurance. We know this one well. 
This is very common with people. Often this comes up in relationship anxiety. There is a constant need to be reassured that you are still in love, that you care for them. They need constant reassurance. We can look at this in other ways in our life too. We need to be reassured about our health, right? In health anxiety, we could be going to the doctor over and over again, even though we have a clear bill of health and our tests have all come back fine and we are still struggling with the thoughts in our mind. And what we are seeking is reassurance. Have you tried One Skin for your skincare routine yet? I love the simplicity of these products and the medical grade ingredients in them, not to mention how easily they fit into my skincare routine. The OS1 Face Moisturizer and OS1 Eye Cream make skin look visibly smoother and clearer and immediately feel softer and more hydrated. The secret is One Skin's proprietary OS1 peptide. It's the first ingredient proven to switch off the aging cells that cause lines, wrinkles, and thinning skin, and several studies back it up. So if you're tired of cycling through ineffective skincare trends and overcomplicated routines, then I'm so excited to share with you One Skin, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. OneSkin is the world's first longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ACP at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ACP. After your purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. The next one is trying to stop your thoughts. We hear this one a lot, especially when people are are trying to do their meditation and they're looking at, they think that they need to stop their thoughts. And then We can also be trying to stop our thoughts because we don't like what they are or they're racing or they are intrusive. They're simply out of control, some of those thoughts. So trying to stop them, trying to um, make thoughts do something that thoughts can't do, which is stop. The mind is a thought machine and the thoughts are not going to stop. So Trying to stop your thoughts is another sign or red flag that you are in your anxiety behavior and you want to pay attention. Just bring attention to it. Remember, we don't want to judge ourselves. Number three, collecting information. I know this; these sound so familiar, but maybe you're not always recognizing these as, oh my goodness, that's an anxiety behavior. But collecting information, and this one again comes up a lot in health anxiety. This is where Dr. Google comes into play. Dr. Google is very, very, very promoting 
uh, health anxiety in that it's a great place to collect information. We can collect information in other ways also, but the health anxiety in Dr. Google is one of those places that that can be happening. Another one is just constantly researching even just constantly researching your anxiety. Is this anxiety? Is Let me read some more about this. Let me see some uh, psychology posts about this. Or let me, you know, let me just gather some more information. That will be the answer. Number four, checking over and over. And this is where this one begins to overlap into some OCD. Checking is um, a little bit of an obsessive compulsive behavior. And so we want to think about, are we doing this? Now we all double check something maybe once, twice as be, uh, would be a double check. But when we have to go back over and over, or even it going over and over in our mind and us not being able to set it at ease, often we get that thought, did I lock the door? And maybe we can't go back and check it. We've already gone down the the highway. And we think about it maybe again. And then we kind of drop it. Well, well, I don't remember and I can't go back. So we drop it. If that's normal, if we are caught in our anxiety behaviors, checking over and over, either we go back once, we go back twice, or we think about it over and over if we're unable to go back we become compulsive about it. So keep that one in mind because this one does come up a lot, checking over and over. The next one is really important, avoiding discomfort. And this comes up over and over again with the idea that everything that we feel that is not um, joyful, comfortable, or easeful is wrong. This is where people begin to feel that any discomfort is wrong, and so they avoid it. And how do you avoid discomfort? Well, you don't go to places that make you uncomfortable, or you need to take medication for the slightest headache or the slightest belly ache or any little thing. Um, This is actually very common and often overlooked as a sign of an anxiety behavior. So avoiding discomfort. And how else can we do that? We can feel discomfort, emotional discomfort, and we try to bury it. We can try to bury it with drugs, alcohol, uh, eating, which you will sh- uh, those will show up further down as other behaviors. But again, why is that happening? Usually to avoid some discomfort. An uncomfortable feeling starts to bubble up and we want to move it away. So watch that. See if what you're doing is some way avoiding discomfort. Just good questions to ask ourselves. Number six is numbing ourselves with alcohol, drugs, or food. And again, these all overlap into each other. So that could be from avoiding emotional feelings. It can be from avoiding just the anxiety, just that jagged feeling, the raw feeling of of raw nerves in our buzzing. We can be trying to numb ourselves with alcohol, drugs, or food. And we can see how all of these can get us into secondary problems beyond our anxiety. So these are good ones to look at. Am I overusing alcohol? Am I overusing drugs or using them in a way that is not 
prescribed or am I using illegal drugs? And am I using food in a way that is beyond nourishing myself and uh, taking care of my body using food for fuel? The next one is over-preparing. And this is one that I actually practiced this quite a bit when I was having anxiety. I needed to prepare for everything. Now, funny story, today we are preparing here on Maui for a either tropical storm or hurricane. And that means just storing water and making sure there's food in the house and so forth and so on. And we've done it a number of times, but it is hurricane season. And my daughter was chuckling at me today and she said, oh, are you going to, are you going to share that you're, you're being anxious about the hurricane? And I said, oh, I'm not uh, being anxious. I am preparing. And so there's a difference. I wanted to, I thought it was a good thing for us to talk about. Like there's preparing and then there's over-preparing. So we didn't buy tons of things. We didn't go out to the grocery store and stock up in that. Uh, but we're prepared. We've done the normal things that you do and make sure your house is secure and everything's tied down. But there isn't an over-preparing. And I used to do this a lot. And believe me, when she brought that up, I, I knew exactly what she was talking about because this was very common with me, over-preparing. I would I would pack and overpack for trips. I had to have everything possible. I always carried a huge mom bag where I had everything. I could handle any emergency like People from miles around could find me because I had the exact thing in my bag that needed. I was overprepared, and um, it's definitely a sign that you are in anxiety behaviors. So let's, so again, look and see if any of these are relating to your what you're doing in your daily life. The next one is using safety behaviors, such as superstitious behaviors. This, again, can get into OCD, where you have rituals or checking and over-checking and um, safety. If I do this, I'm okay. If I do this, my family is safe. And I had some of this, too, when I had uh, my anxiety, certain things that I thought I felt better if I did them. They never went as far as OCD, but they did come up over and over again where I was, and I would call them this, definitely, I love this term, safety behaviors, uh, and superstitious is what they are. Number nine is always trying to make a good impression. So this is our anxiety showing up when we are not feeling that we are good enough. We have to make a good impression and we're always trying to do that. No matter where we are, who we're with, we want to be looking like we we are doing our best and we want everyone to feel when they are seeing us that, hey, we're really pretty good. And a lot of this is hiding and a lot of this is just trying to stay on top. So see if that applies to you. Number 10 is ruminating, chewing it over and over again. Very common with our thinking, ruminating over and over and over the same thought. And this one, again, when we are doing this, we may fall into where we want to pick up one of our other behaviors, such as uh, numbing ourselves from our rumination. I found this a lot with my eating disordered clients. There's a lot of rumination about the food. And so they will either restrict or use food to bury that feeling, to make that go down. So we can see if we are keeping thoughts in our mind, something happened during the day, are we live? are we chewing it over and over again? We can double check on that. And if we are, we can slow down. 
we can make another choice. The next one is demanding certainty. And this is definitely an anxiety behavior. We want to know everything is okay. We want to know exactly what is going to happen when we get somewhere. Everything. I also had this demanding certainty. I didn't feel comfortable if there was some uncertainty. And the reality is life is just plain old uncertain. Just as soon as we think we have it figured out, life shows us that that is not the way. So we can let that one go because it just isn't ha- it just isn't possible. It's like looking for perfection. And finally, the last one on the list Refusing to accept the fact that you have crazy thoughts. We almost all have crazy thoughts. Maybe you might not think my thoughts are crazy or vice versa, but there is a piece that needs to be made in accepting the fact that we have crazy thoughts. Again, this brings us back to our need to pay attention to Claire Weeks's four ideas around clearing our anxiety, right? To accept it. And this is an accepting, accepting the fact that we have anxiety, that we have crazy thoughts. So how do we change this? So we got all these behaviors going on and we have these red, the red flags are up. And so this is a real call to action. When these things are happening, what we want to do is not get down on ourselves, angry with ourselves, feel like we've taken a backward step because it happens. I say this to my clients all the time, that taking a step back or a couple of sideways steps is not a failure. This is simply part of the process. Clearing anxiety, panic, and PTSD is not linear. We don't just set off on this journey and we go from point A to point B just with ease. It, there are a lot of twists and turns and ups and downs, sideways steps, backward steps, and they are all part of the process. Each time we learn something new, we recognize a behavior a little earlier the next time. We want to remember that we are not to get on hard on ourselves, get down on ourselves, but to go into that neutral place again. Oh, there's that behavior Oh, isn't that interesting? I'm overeating. Isn't that interesting? I'm overpreparing. Like, just see it, and we can lean into it. This is one of those places where we cannot back off and be afraid of it and try to bury it, but lean into it a little bit and actually feel it. Sit with it if you can. Take a take a five-minute breather and sit with the fact that you are... that you were ruminating, like, wow, there I am thinking the same thought over and over again. Let me sit with this for a minute and just be with it. It's, it starts losing its power, right? It really does. So you want to sit and you want to be conscious of what you are doing. It may be helpful to label it. So it may be helpful for you to write down some of these things that may have been your behaviors And then you can recognize them and note them. And then we're being clear and conscious with them. And then we get to make another choice. Once we see it, we can stop and we can say, do I want to continue or is there something else I can do? 
And what you can do is to do some self-soothing behaviors. You can put your hand on your heart and say, it's okay. You can do some of your distractions in that, that that they are self-soothing, that they make you feel a little bit better and a little bit more cared for. But whatever you do, make sure you have self-compassion and that you let yourself know that it's okay, that now that you see the behavior, you can be more aware of it. And every time we're more aware, we are on our way out of that behavior. So I hope this was helpful for you. It's an very interesting thing to see that not only do we have physical symptoms with our anxiety, but we also have our behaviors. And now for today's quote, this is by the Dalai Lama. Happiness is not something ready-made. It comes from your own actions. Again, that was the Dalai Lama. I'll be back in a few more days with another podcast. Until then, Be well and aloha. Thanks so much for joining us for today's episode of the Anxiety Coaches Podcast. Find more information at theanxietycoachespodcast.com.